Well, good morning, everybody. <clears throat> Welcome to Sunrise. I'm Dan, the worship pastor here at, Sun- at, at the church, and just too good to worship with you here this morning and to be together, to sing, to hear God's word and pray together. So um, I'd like to start things off reading um, from Psalm 135, actually, just a couple of verses in it. I love starting with this because the, the Psalms are, you know, the prayer book, the song book of for several thousand years. So um, it's a, always a wonderful way to start. So many, so many millions and billions of people have prayed these prayers and sung these um, lyrics. So hear these words from Psalm 135. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise him, you servants of the Lord, you who minister in the house of the Lord in the courts of the house of our God. And I love that line, you who minister in the house of the Lord. I think many times when we when we come on Sunday morning, we just we kind of sing the songs up on the screen, we listen, and we go home. But as we're singing these songs and as we're worshiping, connecting with the Lord, we're ministering to Him. So be in that mindset this morning. That's not just singing lyrics up on the screen and um, maybe singing a song that you've sung for 27 times, the 28th time today. But these are songs that we're engaging with. We're um, we're ministering to God as we sing them. So why don't you guys stand with us as we prepare our hearts to sing for joy. Let's raise, raise our praise and raise our hallelujahs this morning as we sing to him. Here we go, I raise. And I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I raise a hallelujah. My weapon is a melody. I raise a hallelujah, and heaven comes to fight for me. And I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm, louder and louder. You're gonna hear my praises roar. And up from the ashes, hope will arise. Death is defeated, the King is alive. I raise a hallelujah with everything inside of me. And I will watch the darkness flee. And I raise a hallelujah in the middle of the mystery.
heard your children then. You heard your children now. You are the same God. You are the same God. You answered prayers back then. You will answer now. You are the same God. You are the same God. You were providing then. You are providing now. You are the same God. You are the same God. You moved in power then. God moved in power now. You are the same God. You are the same God. You were a healer then. You are a healer now. You are the same God. You are the same God. You were a Savior then. You are a Savior now. You are the same God. You are the same God. Oh God, my God, I need you. Oh God, my God, I need you. Crucified all my sin and shame. 
all praise to the Lord Most High. All praise to the One who saved my life. All praise to Jesus Christ, High King of Heaven, my King
to Jesus Christ, High King of Heaven, my King forever. Nothing can stand before you. I thank you, Jesus. Just take a second to offer up your own prayer in your heart right now to Him. All praise one more time. All praise to the Lord most high. All praise to the one who saved my life. All praise to Jesus Christ, my King of heaven, my King forever. All praise to the Lord most high. All praise to the one who saved my life. All praise to Jesus Christ, my King of heaven, my King forever. Amen. You can be seated. Hey, good morning, Sunrise. Hey, we're glad you're here. You know, I, I noticed that we might have some Moles Mafia with us this morning as I was starting in the foyer. So anyway, that, that's cool. We hope you'll come back. Uh, we make that a little easier by putting these QR codes over everything. If, you're not, if you, don't, you don't keep moving, we might put one on you. Um, so anyway, just scan the QR code and get connected with us. Or we have a connect table in the back. Uh, where you can meet uh, Carol and some of our friends and get connected with us. Uh, we hope you'll join us on the Sunrise Trail, where Pastor Dennis is helping us become pilgrims instead of sightseers. So, hey, today is the last day of the food drive. You've noticed all those shopping bags out in the lobby. Uh, so, still time. Run right to Meyer right after the service and come back. <laughs> Because there's a partner lunch right after the service uh, back at the end of the hall. And we hope uh, if you signed up, you're able to, to come through and, and be with us at our partner lunch. And uh, that'd be great uh, while you're enjoying the chili. Lift a glass of water to my wife, Mary, who made me get up early and help put the chili together. So, <laughs> all right. Hey, so next Sunday is our thankful service. Uh, I'm not sure, yeah, I don't know if we, had, if we were here last year for that or not. But anyway, A to Herd, get the reference, 
bring a breakfast side. We're going to bring like a scramble break. Uh, I to Coyote bring breakfast meats. And R to Zacher bring a fruit or baked good. Okay, so that's next Sunday, normal time, 10 o'clock, right here, our thankful service here at church. If you normally watch online, we'd encourage you to come because uh, pictures of yummy food just don't cut it when you're trying to get some breakfast. Okay, Tuesday night, uh, this coming week, wine and theology for the ladies at Hudsonville Grill. If you have questions, email Kate Jansen, but they have a lot of fun. And uh, if you're a lady, I hope you can join us. And then uh, family, Advent, family Advent Activity Bag. Sign up today or for sure by next Sunday to get your group, your family group out of the consumer mode and into what Christmas is all about. Uh, so that's a Family Advent Activity Bag. All right. We are good with that. And we're going to take our three-minute break to reunite with old friends or new friends. And the kids, scramble. You're out of here. Go does not require any motivation. Go does not wait to begin something. Go does not see what are the resources available at hand. Go does not see who are with us or against us, but we follow the command and we go. That has been the journey of New India Church of God, a ministry which began on the streets of the nation of India in 1976, with no money, with no resources, with nothing. But today, I would like to take you on a small journey showing what God has been able to do through the life of this ministry. To really understand India, we need to be very clear of one thing, that India is 900 million rural and 400 million urban, which makes India to a whopping 1.3 billion populous nation. Now, how do we reach these places? How do we reach these people in this rural India? That is what New India Church of God is. We are an indigenous organization which has started churches in the poorest of poor, in the most rural of rural places and villages where the gospel has not even been reached if it was not for us. And we are proud to say that we are present with 4,500 churches. 17 orphanages, 15 Bible colleges. We have eight schools in villages teaching uh, poor people, poor children. We have an engineering school. We have uh, 75 destitute homes teaching women uh, a trade for them to survive. And what is our mission? Our mission is to go and reach the unreached of the nation of India. Ministry in India is very different from the rest of the world. We don't have a planning center. We don't have Google Calendar. We don't have any of those luxuries because we have 24 hours and any and everybody can come and visit us, can meet us, and we need to go to different places. And time is not of the essence in India. If somebody says that it's gonna take us two hours to reach a place, given the condition it could take us five. But that is what uh, 
India is all about. It's almost like it's organized chaos and I love it. Why don't you come on a journey with me so that I take you and show you where the work of the gospel is happening through New India Church of God. In my recent trip to a state of Madhya Pradesh in a place called Malachkhand, you will not believe we have a center with an orphanage, with a church and a Bible college facility and a campus that was built almost 23 years ago. And when we came here that time, we had absolutely nothing. Nobody knew about Jesus. Nobody knew about who Jesus was. But today, we have over 50 churches that are being overseen by the campus pastor and the area pastor of this region. Hi, we're in a beautiful morning at our campus here in Malachkand, which is in a state called Madhya Pradesh. And I'm here with uh, our campus in charge, Pastor Moses. And I, uh, we have, just tell us, how many churches do we have in this area? We have total uh, 42 churches. 42 churches. Yes. In how much area are these churches in? Uh, around 130 kilometers. Radius? Yes, radius. So if I, if I were to ask you, meaning, because I want everybody to kind of know as to what kind of, because we feel that ministry uh, in cities in the West, everywhere in the world that we see, it's, it's, it's not considered to be uh, something which is happening in a very grassroots level. That's the main reason why I wanted to come here to show people that. What, what kind of areas do we have churches in? Can you tell people? Uh, yes, actually, sir, uh, we are having churches in the deepest like jungle. We are living uh, near Kana National Park and we are having our churches in uh, the deep jungle and between the tribal people, especially uh, Baiga people who even don't wear their clothes and especially uh, many of them, they join Naxalites group and even many times we have to face their pro uh, problems with Naxalite people and also uh, many times we have to face uh, the cultural system of yeah. these people. But what does persecution mean to you in ministry in this area of the world? One of our pastor, while he was just sharing the gospel, uh, so they tried to uh, push him and they tried to beat him and along with that they were about to take him to police station but by God's grace there were some people in the, um, in the midst of that um, mob that helped him to escape so this is the things that are going in our ministry all right so just want to give you a glimpse of what what is happening in this part of the world uh, to just appreciate even for me personally to appreciate uh, how how important impact of the gospel is in the furthermost parts of the world we are all a bunch of people who are probably not as literate, we are not as eloquent, we are not as uh, educated, or we're not well-read. Maybe our theology is not completely on point. Maybe we are not 100% uh, 
uh, fluent in being good preachers and teachers of the word. But we are fueled by the passion to serve. I am saying this because I am also one of the servants of this ministry called New India Church of God. So today, I want to take this opportunity to thank you, to just show you very briefly on how and where and through what difficulties people in India are doing the ministry. And my only request is that God has given us the mandate to go. But the word of the Lord says, how can we go if we're not sent? So everything that you do, everything that you say, every prayer that you make, every seed that you sow in order for us to go is very, very much appreciated. And I just wanted to take this time to say thank you and God bless you. Thank you. Well, that seems to be the best thing. So I think we can all go home now because I don't think I can do better than that. Uh, praise the Lord, everyone. In India, we have this tendency of saying, praise the Lord. And everybody says, praise the Lord. Because we are so excited. I'm so excited to be here. And uh, just give me one second. My name is uh, Ranjit, uh, just to make it easier for you guys, it's Ranjit, so that's easy, you know, many people in America call me all kinds of names, which I'm not aware of myself, but, <laughs> but if, it's, if it's hard for you, just call me Run, that's easy. So my name is Ranjit, I'm all the way, I've come all the way from India to tell you about what is happening in the nation of India. I want to first and foremost thank God for bringing me here. I want to thank this church. I don't know how many of you know this, uh, but this church has been supporting the ministry in India for, for a while now, and we are very, very grateful. I'm, I'm basically, if you ask me why I'm here, I'm here just to say thank you for what is happening and thank you for what you're doing. We have uh, friends that, that, that have known my family, my father, and my mother and my whole family, even since I was a small boy, Carol and Con and Judy and the, the Vanderverse, and we've known this family for so many, over 30 years, and we're grateful for friendships. And I want you to know that we, I come and speak about India because it is important to, to let people know the need of the gospel in the nation of India. Amen. India is a complex nation. You know, I don't know how many of you know this, that St. Thomas, the disciple of Jesus, went to India in AD 52. The doubting Thomas, as they used to call him. And uh, I've, I hear there are many ministry students here, so I'm, I'm already getting scared and intimidated what I'm going to speak about. But he came, and I wrote a paper when I was in, in college talking about why the ministry has not spread in the nation of India to only 5% as of today, even though St. Thomas came to India in AD 52. And the reason for that is just for, to make you understand, India has 
25 major languages. It has 1,500 dialects. What does that mean? That means a person from Michigan could not be a pastor in Florida. A pastor in Florida could not be a, a pastor in Virginia because they have a different language, they look different, they eat different, and so on and so forth. It's a complexity of, of, of uh, languages, cultures, and like I said, 1.3 billion people. Just to put that into perspective and to all of you, I want you to know that one-sixth of the world's population is in my country. That means if I put the whole world in a line, one, two, three, four, five, sixth person would be an Indian guy or an Indian lady or an Indian child. So that just puts, puts things into perspective on, on the complexities and the enormity of the nation of India. And, and I want you to know that persecution is something which is so, so, so rampant. I don't know whether we're live streaming, but there are many things that I cannot say. But the opposition against us as a church, as people who are doing the ministry is enormous. Pressures and when I when I talk about that, it's not it's not about somebody violating my rights to speak, but it's they they violate the rights of coming into a church, vandalizing churches, threatening, beating, using force, putting wrong allegations against pastors, against believers. But in the midst of that, New India Church of God or Christ for India, as it's known as its registered 501c3 in the U.S., is doing the work of the gospel in the nation of India. Amen? And I just came here to say that you are part of taking the gospel to the utmost parts of the nation of India. We have three times the population of the United States and one-third the land size. So that means, like when I come to Michigan, I get anxiety panic attacks because I get up in the morning and I don't see any people around. Because <laughs> when I'm in India, there's people everywhere, like so close. Like I, I remember when I came to do um, my master's in Virginia at Regent University, like we, we have no understanding of personal space like you guys. You guys have that whole, you know, one arm distance kind of rule and like... Like I, I remember in, when I was doing my master's in Virginia Beach, I used to, we talk like this. Hi, how you doing? <laughs> and people did not understand because that's what I'm used to. There are people brushing against you. In, uh, in, and whenever, whenever people from other countries come to India, whether it's one o'clock in the afternoon, two o'clock, there are people always on the streets. And the, the question everybody asks me, bro, what are these guys doing on the streets? Don't they work? But they're just everywhere. Morning, night. And I want you to know that people presume India to be the next superpower. And the reason for that is mainly because 50% of India is below the age of 30. That means it's going to be a math class more than a theology class today. That means 600 million people are below the age of 30. But also within that, I believe that this is the time that if this, these people know Jesus, the future generations will know Jesus. Amen?
So I am an engineer by profession in India, a computer science engineer. God called me to the ministry. I'm a PK. I don't know if how many of you know what that means. I was a preacher's kid. Saw my dad suffering in the ministry. No, no personal space. Nobody, people coming into my house all the time. Coming in the time of eating, they, they come and they sit and they never leave. And I have to say, praise the Lord, praise the Lord every, to everybody who comes to my house. Hey, how are you doing? I don't know whether this happens in America, but in India, they make you say, praise the Lord to every human being that comes to our house. And then you, if, you, if you have some gifts and talents, they'll be like, hey, why don't you sing a song? Why don't you dance and show them what you can do for the glory of God and so on and so forth. And I was like, I am not getting into this mess ever in my life. But how many of you know that the thing that you run away is what God calls you to do? Amen. And I became an engineer and I told my dad, well, good job, dad. Good, good job. You, you started from the streets and you've built this ministry. God bless you. I'll fund you. And he was, he's one step ahead of me. He said, don't you ever think that this is an inheritance, the ministry? Because if you don't come, God is going to raise somebody else because the work of God will continue on. And I told him, you're preaching to the choir, brother, because I ain't coming. But I was in, in college and God supernaturally, miraculously, I prayed for somebody. Long story short, I was not living with God. I prayed for somebody. That person got completely healed from tooth surgery and so on. And she started calling me, come to my village. God is going to use you. But I knew that I was not walking with God. And that convicted me of who this God is. God placed an Infosys and Wipro, which are software companies, left it, came to Virginia, because dad has helped CBN bring the flying hospital to India. So I got a full, full ride there. Finished my, I came to America and everybody said, buddy, you're in the land of the free, the home of the brave, the land of opportunity. Two things you need. You get, a, you get, your, you get your master's degree and you get your green card and never go back. But God has called me. When he called me for ministry, he has called me to be in India. Not for one month, not for two months, till the day that I die. Reaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to the utmost part of the nation of India. And that's what I do. And that's why I'm here to share the vision, to share what happens in the nation of India. And uh, I want to thank the church and the leadership and the pastor and the whole uh, elder board and whoever is in leadership for giving me this opportunity but before I go, because I don't, have, I don't have much to preach, and I love it that in, in America we preach very less, so it's, it works for me. And before I go ahead, I want to show you my family. I have one wife and two children. That's my wife, Sneha, uh, and that is my, my daughter who's four. Uh, she's Iris, and my son, Levi. Uh, he's two years old, and uh, I would just request you that please pray for us as we do the work uh, in the nation of India. Pray that in the midst of many, many trials and tribulations, and I won't even count myself into that, I would say that there are thousands. When I, when I say we have 4,500 churches, people ask me questions like, oh, are you, do you mean home groups? No. Do you mean cell groups? No, we mean 4,500 pastors that we support every month in 28 out of 30 states. 
in the nation of India. And we, we, they have a minimum of 35 to 50 people in their church. And that's what we represent. We just finished up a conference before I came to the United States uh, in our engineering college. We shut it down. We had, we had almost over 2,000 pastors that came for five days. They stayed there. We fed them. They slept there. And it was a great time of celebration just for fellowshipping because we, we were unable to meet during COVID. Amen? So that is it. It's time to share very briefly what the Lord has put on my heart. Amen. I want to title my message as, Your Time Has Come. I want to let you know that, and I want to speak about today from the story of Esther. Many of you know the story of Esther. It's a very known story. And I just want to take a few verses out of that and just put a few thoughts before you before I, I, I take a leave and sit down. In verse Esther chapter 3, it talks about a guy called Haman the Agagite. It talks about the story of how this guy called Haman was trying to, to kill the people of Israel, because of his issues with this guy called Mordecai. And today, that's where I want to start my sermon, where it says that <clears throat> Haman had a problem with Mordecai. But who is this Haman? Haman the Agagite. I want you to know that that is very important because the Agagite come from King Agag, who was the king that King Saul let live when, he, when, when Samuel asked him to go and kill the Amalekites. Out of that mistake or that error came these people of the Agagites. So the same people that God told to destroy to, to King Saul, they didn't. And because of that, they have, they have risen again and they have, they have started doing the same thing that they did again, which is to persecute and to put pressure on the people of God. And that's where I want to begin today. I want you to know that Haman the Agagite is probably dead, but there are other forces at play which are trying to do the same thing to the universal church of God. Maybe Haman is there no more, but there are other forces who are forcing to shut down the voice of the church, to shut down the influence of the church, to shut down the authority of the church. Maybe in India it comes, it is, it is translated as, as, as physical persecution. Maybe in this country it is, it is by the choices that you are asked to make. But the problem is the same. What was the problem that Haman had with Mordecai? What was his issue? Was he too fair? What was the issue? The problem was that he would not bow down and pay homage to Haman. My dear friends, that is a problem that the world has with the church. That is a problem that the people in my country have with Christians. We are not violent people. We don't do any kinds of uh, illegal activities. And why do they persecute Christians? Why are they after us? Because 
we choose and we say that Jesus Christ is our only king. Amen? We love. We know that there needs to be politics. We know that there needs to be a prime minister in my country. We understand that there, all these things need to be there. But the problem is they want us to bow down. That's one thing that a believer cannot do. Amen? And that is what the, prop, the world wants us to do. Wants us to bow down to what is happening. But we as believers, we as people of God need to know that we are representatives and ambassadors of Jesus Christ. Representing the kingdom of heaven here on earth. Now, we see, like I titled my sermon, I said, your time is, has come. And that's where I want to continue. It says, I just want to tell you a few ways for you to know whether your time has come. The first thing for you to know that your time has come is like Esther. When you have, hear me out, the ability or an influence to make a change, that means your time has come. If you have any ability or any influence or power to bring change in your society, in any sphere of influence that you have, that means that your time has come. And that was the same thing that Mordecai told Esther. What did he tell her? He told her that you need to know that the world, that Haman is coming against my people and your people. And it's time for you to do something about it. I want you to know that God has placed each one of us. There will not be a single person in this room who cannot say that you have the ability, you have the power to influence some change in every area of your life, whether it be in your school, in your colleges, in your, in your area of influence, in, the, in your workplaces, we all have the power and the ability to bring some level of change wherever we are. True blessing is not when we hold things and ask God, give me this, give me that. Oh, give me, give me, give me a pretty wife. Give me a handsome husband. Oh, give me a great, great job. Give me a great house. Give me a great car. Give me a great dog. And then, then I will start serving you. True blessing begins when you receive whatever big or small that God has given you and you use it and you give it back to God because it was his to begin with. Amen. That is what Mordecai challenges Esther. And in verse 11, and I want to read this, and this is the problem of, of many people in church, and I want to read Esther chapter 4, verse 11. It says like this, I'm going to read it. All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that a man and woman who goes in front of the king without being called, there is not one lord but to put... To but to be put to death, except the one to whom the king holds a golden scepter to, that he may live. But as for me, I have not been called for 30 days. I want you to know that Esther had the complex that many of us 
believers have, which was, oh, I'm settled in life. I'm in the king's palace. I know that my people are suffering outside the palace, but I've got it good. I have a good job. I have money. I have power. I have influence. And we sometimes act like Esther. Oh, I've not been called. Brother, there's, we are, we're giving homeless ministry. Oh, I forgot. We have missions happening locally. Oh, I'm too busy. We have missions happening globally. Oh, I don't have the time to listen to that, that small Indian boy who's come. Because we think that the blessing is for us. We think that the influence is for us. But I want you to know, Esther didn't know. She wasn't so pretty for herself. It was for God's glory. Esther was not put in that position for herself, but it was to stand as a witness to be the salt and the light for her people. Amen? That's what I want to challenge you today. Wonderful God has given you money. Wonderful God has given you influence. Wonderful God has given you a great house. Wonderful that God has given you all the access. I want you to know that this country is so blessed. You know why I love coming to this country? For two reasons. Probably I should not say it online. One is for... <laughs> and two, I love having long, hot showers. Because in India, we have geysers. And once the hot water is over, then it becomes cold. But in, in this country, for some reason, the hot water doesn't stop. Like the mercies of God, they're new every morning and they keep on going on and on. <laughs> Things that you take for granted. I'm sorry if you don't have the iPhone 14 Pro Max. I'm sorry if you don't have the MacBook with the M2 chip or M1 chip with the lightning cable on it. I'm sorry. But there are people, 50% of India lives below the poverty line. You know what the poverty line is in India, according to the United Nations, that they don't have? The poverty line is they should have three meals a day, a change of clothes, and a roof over their head. 50% of India does not have that. You know what that means? Maths class again. 600 million people are living below the poverty line. What does that mean? One third of the global poor live in India. Even though there is a potential for us to grow, there is a great desperation and a need. I tell people all the time, missions, is not something that we do across the ocean only. It's something that begins at home. Amen? It's, it says, the light that shines the farthest shines brightest at home. So I tell people all the time who say, bro, I got student loans and, you know, I'm just working. You know, I just got married or I just had a baby or, or whatever, whatever you want to call it. You know, all the things. I said, 
to support one pastor in India, you know what you need to do? You don't need to stand upside down. You just need to stop having that Starbucks coffee, double macchiato, two pumps of soy, or whatever that you guys do. <laughs> just stop having that one coffee a day, and you'll be able to support a pastor. And that's what I want you to know. There is an influence for every person sitting in this, in this room. Why? Not just to represent and to be beacons of light for the church, the global church in the nation of America, but also the global church in the world. Because God has put you in this great nation for a reason. God has placed you in this position for a time like this. But many of us are like Esther who say, I want to help you, bro, but I... talk to me next week. Talk to me next month. First thing I said, if you have any influence in your life, that means your time has come. Second thing, I want you to know, do you want to know how your time has come? Your time has arrived when what you need to do for God has some sort of risk in it. If there is a risk in what you need to go, do for God, let me tell you, your time has come. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So what did Mordecai say? He said to her, in verse 13, I'm going to read, when she says that I'm too busy, I can't do it, I'm too scared to go in front of the king. He says, Esther, it's time to risk your life for God. He said, if, verse 13, do not think to yourself that the king's palace, you will escape any more than the other Jews. For if you keep silent this time, Relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place. You know, this is, this is a, a, a truth that every believer needs to know. Because God's work will continue on whether you decide to be part of it or not. You know who we are? Have you seen mannequins outside big stores? If you go to New York City, if you go to bigger cities, you'll see all of these Burberry stuff and all on these mannequins, all these, 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 these dead mannequins, and they've got these expensive things on it. $5,000 watches, $1,000 shades, and, and, and thousands of dollars worth of apparel on this dead thing. I want to let you know, if you call that a dummy, that's who I am. I'm a dummy who's supposed to show what God has done in my life. That's what God has called me to be. If I start to think, oh, wow, well, this is all me right here. Oh, this is all me. All this, all this power and this possession, it's all me. But I have news for you. You're a mannequin, which, is, which when given to the hands of God, is used for God's glory alone. Amen. That's what we are. And that's what Mordecai says. Don't think you're in that place for yourself. You're in that place for the people of God. And today I want to conclude 
by saying this. If you're in a place of influence, if you feel that there's some risk involved in standing up for what is right, in standing up for people who don't have, standing up for your community, standing up for your Jesus, standing up for your faith, I believe, church, it's time for us to do that. And I want you to know that just before I came, this is how injustice looks like. I baptized a person who wanted to get baptized in our private property, and some person took, took a video, and the whole housing colony got together. They lodged a complaint against me. And what they're saying is that we are giving people money, we're giving them people, we're giving them uh, things that we promised for them to become Christian. They call it forceful conversion. And there's nothing we can do. So he came. The cops came to take my statement. And I said, are you serious right now? This person came into my property, took a video of what's happening, and I was, I was, I was gracious enough not to throw him out or shut the gate on him, but I let him come. And this is what he did towards us. And that's what is happening in the world. Maybe that does not happen to you, but maybe it happens to, to you in different ways and shapes and forms. I see that people make you choose based on things that are happening in this nation. But it's time for us to know that we're willing to take the risk for Jesus. We're willing to take that step alone for Jesus. When somebody decides to become a pastor in India, there's no health insurance, there's no life insurance, there's no car, there's no bike. The only thing many of our pastors ask is, we can't walk 15 miles a day every day. Can you buy me a bicycle for $100? That becomes their Maserati. I'm saying all of these things so that you can, you can expose your perspective on how life is much bigger than Hudsonville, Grandville, Michigan, and the United States of America. And finally, she says that I, in verse 16, it says, go gather all the Jews. This is what Esther finally says, and I believe this is the mandate of the church in order for you to be used by God, in order for us to take our place in society, in the world that we live in. Esther says, go and tell the women and hold fast on my behalf. Do not eat or drink for three days. And I and my young women will fast as you do. Then I will go to the king. Church, I believe that we do everything on the field to propagate the love of Jesus Christ in whatever shape or form we can. But we know that we can only do great things for God when the church unites in prayer. And when we do that, 
God opens up the doors to what he is able to do. Because it's only God who can change the heart of kings. It's only God who can soften up the government in the nation of India. It's only God who can truly protect us. And we know that. But we are willing to use our influence. We are willing to take the risk. And we are saying, like Esther is saying, and that's what every person in this room should be like, I'm going to pray and I'm going to go. I'm going to pray and I'm going to stand for you. I'm going to pray and I'm going to stand for my Jesus. I'm going to pray in my colleges. I'm going to pray in my schools, in my office spaces. And I'm going to go and proclaim and stand for Jesus Christ. And you will see when you go with that attitude. In chapter 5, we all know the story that she finds favor with the king. Church, our time has come. I'm going to be leaving this country. I'll, I'll be, I only travel to the United States for four weeks out of the whole year. And I'm back in India. But I want you to know I'll be gone. But I want to leave this message. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what you do. You have an influence. You have an ability to bring change. It's time to take that risk. It's time to get on our knees and start praying for our nations, for our churches, for our societies, and for, for all the places we need to get down and humble ourselves and start praying and see God move in a miraculous way. Amen? Our time has come. And that's what I want to leave today with you. And I just want to sing a small song before I go, if you would let me, in English. Don't worry. <laughs> because I think this song that I'm going to sing, it's apt for us to really tell God and thank God for what He has done for us in our lives. Amen. In mm. all my life you have been faithful. In all my life you have been so, so good. With everything that I am able, and I will say of the goodness of God. Can we sing that together, church? Can we say, all my life? In all my life, you have been faithful. Yes, you have, Lord. In all my life, you have been so, so good with everything that I am And if you know this song, can you sing with me? And because He lives, oh, oh I can face tomorrow. Yes, I can. Because He lives.
because I know He holds my future in my life and life is worth a living just because He lives all my life can we sing for one last time? Sing it out, sing. All my life you have been faithful. Yes, you have, Lord. In all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able. Continue to worship and uh, move into a time of offering and giving of our, uh, our tithes and offerings together. And um, as we do that, we're not going to like formally, you know, go go down the aisles that like we um, used to in the past. But the bucket is in the back. The QR code is in the front, which will take you to the website. If you'd like to give a special gift to um, Christ for India, um, you can do that. Write that on your check as you put it in the back. Or um, we have envelopes back there as well on the table between the doors. You can write on there, um, gift for Christ for India. Or you can mark that as well um, online as you give. So... Um, yeah, come on up. Uh, last thing I forgot to say, I will be in the back uh, at the at the whatever table area to answer any questions that you may have. And also, if you want to sign up, we have a, a emailer that goes out twice a month. If you would like to get more information about the ministry, there's a sign up sheet. Just write your name and your number and your bank account and your social security. I'm just kidding. <laughs> your name and your, and your email address would be fine and we would just like to send you with information on what's happening in the nation of India so that you can remember us in prayer. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. Let's worship together. King of my life, you're the king of my life. You reign above it all, you reign above it all. Over the universe and over every heart, there is no higher name. Jesus, you reign above it all. On the cross the work was finished God you poured out your life Just to give us new life Now from the lips of the forgiven 
hear an anthem arise. Jesus, you're alive. Oh, you reign above it all. You reign above it all. Over the universe and over every heart, there is no higher name. Jesus, you reign above it all. Let all of heaven and the earth erupt in song. Sing hallelujah to the everlasting one. There is no higher name. Jesus, you reign above it all. You sent the darkness running out of an empty grave. Seated above in glory, enthroned on the highest praise. You sent the darkness running out of an empty grave. Seated above in glory, enthroned on the highest praise. You sent the darkness running. Out of an empty grave, seated above in glory, enthroned on the highest praise. You sent the darkness running out of an empty grave, seated above in glory, enthroned on the highest praise. You reign above it all, you reign above it all. Over the universe and over every heart, there is no higher name. Jesus, you reign above it all. Let all of heaven and the earth erupt in song. Sing hallelujah to the everlasting one. There is no higher name. Jesus, you reign above it all. Yes, you reign above it all. Oh, you reign above it all. Oh, you reign above it all. Yes, you reign above it all. Yes, you reign above it all. You reign above it all. You reign above it all. Over the universe and over every heart, there is no higher name. Jesus, you reign above it all. Let all of heaven and the earth erupt in song. Sing hallelujah to the everlasting one. There is no higher name. Jesus, you reign above it all.
As uh, our dear brother was, was speaking, I was reminded of a, of a passage that I'd like to leave you with today out of 1 Corinthians chapter 4 as uh, our brother uh, Ranjit was talking about, he talked about today about inheritance and he talked today about mission and how that starts at home. Um, can I reiterate his challenge? If your light doesn't shine inside the house, don't take it outdoors. We start here. Paul, writing to the church of Corinth, he, he, he wrote this. He says, I'm not writing to shame you, but to warn you as dear children. I felt that today, right? Not a shaming message, but a call and a warning to be about the business that God has laid, us, laid before us. Even if you have 10,000 teachers in Christ, you don't have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, Paul says, I became your father through the gospel. Each and every one of us have mothers and fathers upon whose shoulders we stand. There was somebody somewhere that first told you about Jesus. There was somebody that was the midwife that day that you chose to accept Christ and to be born into his family. Paul goes on and he says, For this reason I've sent you Timothy, my son whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. You're somebody else's Timothy. We who have been born through the Spirit and through the faithfulness of those that first witnessed to us now have been given the mantle and the opportunity to take that to those that are around us. And so, he will remind you, the apostle says, of the way of my life in Christ. May you go from this place with a sure foundation of the witness of the Holy Spirit and the understanding that your job isn't to save anybody, but to tell the story of how Jesus found you so that he might do his work among the nations and in our neighborhood. Ranjit, if you would make your way back to the, to the table so our folks can, can greet you. Be reminded that Lindsay is here today. If you have uh, uh, information, uh, if, if you want to share something for the thankful service uh, next week, please feel free to do that. But as you go, go in his peace knowing that you have a mission field right outside your back door. Go in his peace. You're dismissed.